The Kiss of a King. Stay tuned to Redeeming the Time Brothers podcast. You're going to find out about the kiss of a king and what that means to you. Uh, Redeeming the Time Brothers podcast is a podcast by Gene Kissinger and Norman Kissinger, two brothers who spent their lives in ministry and raising large families. Our desire is to provide a digital place for those who long to belong, and we would also like to leave a nightlight on for you. That nightlight is out of Song of Solomon in the Older Testament, part of the poetry books of the Old Testament, and it's a story about a king who loves a commoner. Um, Listen to the word. Song of songs, which is Solomon's, let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth, for thy love is better than wine. Verse 2, let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth, for thy love is better than wine. It's a love story. Uh, It kind of almost makes you think of kind of the hallmark love stories that are there, where a prince from Luxembourg comes over to the United States of America and goes to work in a flower shop. And while he's working in the flower shop, he knows an awful lot about flowers because he's seen some of the most beautiful floral productions in the world when he was the prince of his particular kingdom. And he's soon going to become the king. And of course, he falls in love with the, the, the daughter of the flower shop owner and uh, they pursue a relationship until finally she discovers that he's a prince and there's a bit of conflict as to whether she's gonna pursue the relationship after uh, she discovers he's a prince and whether he's gonna pursue the relationship now that it's clear that she's just a commoner. Well, I, I, I think that this story really almost goes back to the Song of Solomon. That's exactly what goes on here, literally, is a, a king falls in love with a commoner. And it's a, a love story. It's a picture of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords who fell in love with the church. And that church is profoundly broken because it's made up of you and I. And we're not just uh, the daughter of uh, a florist. Uh, we're broken, condemned. The Bible says God commended his love toward us, and while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Let me read, though, I, I think an illustration that will help us to understand what this kiss of the king means. It's out of a book, uh, Stories for the Heart, and it says this. Uh, Richard Seltzer is the author of this particular story. It's called The Kiss. I stand by the bed where a woman lies, her face post-operative, her mouth twisted in palsy, clownish, a tiny twig of the facial nerve, the one of the muscles of her mouth has been severed. She will be thus from now on. The surgeon had followed with religious fervor the curve of her flesh. I promise you that. Nevertheless, to remove the tumor in her cheek, I had to cut the little nerve. Her young husband is in the room. He stands on the opposite side of the bed, and together they seem to dwell in the evening lamplight, isolated from me, private. Who are they, I ask myself. He is wry mouth. He and this wry mouth I have made who gaze at each other so generously. Will my mouth always be like this, she asks. Yes, I say it will be. It is because the nerve was cut. She nods and is silent, and the young man smiles. I like it, he says. It's kind of cute. All at once, I know who he is. I understand, and I lower my gaze. One is not bold in this encounter. Unmindful, he bends to kiss her crooked mouth. I'm so close, I can see how he twists his own lips to accommodate her, to show her that their kiss still works. You and I weren't damaged by a surgeon, we were destroyed by sin. We weren't uh, 
we weren't wounded, we were dead. And the king came down and gave us the kiss of life. The king bent to our deformity. God commended his love toward us, and while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He, he accommodated our brokenness that he might de deliver us from the brokenness. He, he came to love us just as we are, that he might bring us to all that we could be, to develop potential in us. And he adapted the, his lips to our deformed lips as it were. I don't know, I'm moved by that. I'm moved by the love that would reach down to a wicked heart like mine and deliver me from sin. I don't know if that, I don't know if that ever gets you. It gets me. I know who I can be. I know what I'm like. And that the God, the holy God of the universe would come down and become Emmanuel, God with us, to deliver me. That blows my mind. That he would be, he would promise to be with me always, even at the end of the age. That blows my mind. That he'll never leave me, nor forsake me. That blows my mind. That, he, that he'll indwell me with his Holy Spirit. That blows my mind. Not my, my concern is, is, is that we'll somehow miss the passion that's involved within Christianity. I, and I know maybe sometimes as guys though that kind of a, a love metaphor might make us a little bit twitchy and uncomfortable but I gotta tell you um, our relationship with God was meant to be passionate and obsessive and I think sometimes sometimes we we end up sort of following a, a, a trail of uh, dry dust doctrine I'm not saying doctrines bad I love doctrine but I gotta tell you if all the Word of God is to you is just a theology book you're probably not reading it right. Now you need to get your theology from the Bible, but if it's all you get out of it is theology, and you don't understand the passionate encounter between yourself and a living God, you missed it, brother. You God wants us to be obsessive about Him, passionate about Him, and we end up using our passion on stupid stuff down on the planet. We, we, we go and we run down and passionately drink down a fifth of whiskey at a bar would chase after a drug dealer to get the next hit. We'll run after a series of relationships that, that, are, that are never fulfilling because they can't fill up the God-sized hole that's in your soul. And we end up chasing after position and power and plaudits and popularity and a host of other things. And really what your soul is hungry for is God. Could you learn to be obsessed by God? Could you learn to be passionate in your walk with God? Maybe read the Song of Solomon tonight and, and see, uh, wonder where did the passion go that you had. Remember your first love, Jesus says to the, the church at Ephesus in the book of Revelation. Remember your first love, re repent of your sins and return. Let's pray. Dear Lord God, I thank you that you've been over our deformed, broken body and you breathed the breath of life into us and you brought, brought us into a new relationship with you. Help us to understand what that cost you. Help us to be the kind of men and women that we need to be, God, in pursuing you passionately. Forgive us for our weak and emaciated Christianity that has not learned to be obsessed by you. Thank you for all that you've done. Be with us as we rest tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Have a good night.